Hi, this is Carrie Mitchum. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond with your host, Stephen Brittingham. Enjoy the show. You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Hi, this is Carrie Genzel, actor, producer, writer, and creator of StateofSlay.com. Slay in this case being an acronym for self-love, appreciate you. State of Slay is a blog that I created documenting my journey from the darkness of depression to living in the light today and focusing on the positive. It is a safe place to encourage one another and walk together as we find empowerment and self-love. I hope you'll join me on my blog, stateofslay.com, where we walk and slay together. Slay on. Hello, this is Stephen. Today's episode features special guest Orson Chaplin, whose grandfather is legendary filmmaker Charlie Chaplin. Orson joins me today to discuss his latest role in Stephen Chase's new film, Stand the Man. It is going to be a lot of fun today on the show. Thank you for joining us today. Candy, Mandy, get up. Rise and shine. It's a beautiful day. Thank you for listening. And now, your host, actor and writer, Stephen Brittingham. Stan the Man. Portrayed in a very appealing performance by Stephen Chase finds himself as a new multi-millionaire whose life now consists of spending time with the ladies, gambling at casinos, and living the good life. Have you heard of Casino Moscow? My good luck. Could make for a big win. What do you say? Stan's carefree lifestyle, though, is about to take a very unexpected Dramatic curve. I lost everything. I lost everything, Joey. The money you have right now in your pocket is all you have. Hey, what's going on here? After losing everything in a near-death experience, Stan will suddenly have a new perspective of life thanks to an angel above who is trying to earn her wings. You took a bullet for some girl you don't even know. You gotta find your soulmate. Your one true love. (laughs) Open your eyes, Stan. I feel better now. If fate hadn't brought you into that store, what could have happened to me? A film that also features the lovely and extremely talented Catherine Kelly Lang, known by many as Brooke Logan Forster, over on The Bold and the Beautiful. We are having a wedding, and that is that. Orson Chaplin, who portrays a character in the film that involves that pivotal moment involving Stan, the man, is here to discuss his role, his family's legacy, and his own personal and artistic journey. Enjoy the show. I know now 
that we are meant to spend the rest of our lives together. I think something led you to me. I thank God every day that you survived that shooting. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Hollywood and Beyond Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Brittingham. Thank you for listening. You are appreciated. Feel free to send me a comment or question anytime, or perhaps share with me what project you might be involved with at the moment. You can do this by sending me an email at Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. That is Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. My special guest today comes from a brilliant artistic family. His grandfather literally helped put Hollywood on the map. Charlie Chaplin, a filmmaker genius both in front and behind the camera, an iconic figure from the silent film era who brought the little tramp to life, is the grandfather of my guest today, Orson Chaplin. I am looking forward to learning more about Orson's recent appearance on the film Stan the Man. I tell you what, I can't wait to talk to him about that, as well as his own personal and artistic journey. It's my honor and pleasure to welcome him to the show. Orson Chaplin, welcome to Hollywood and Beyond, my friend. Hey, thank you for having me. So nice to have you here. Thank you. Uh, How have you been doing today? I'm doing fantastic. You know, I'm uh, out here in Los Angeles, and it's it's a sunny day, so I definitely can't complain. And it is a rather chilly and snow flurry type of day all the way over here in Cincinnati. Oh, got it. <laughs> got it. Yeah, right. I, I can imagine. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, though. My world-famous coffee is uh, keeping me warm, though. Oh, yeah. that'll Yeah, coffee will help with that a lot, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I really appreciate you being here. As mentioned, I'm excited to discuss your role in the film Stan the Man. What a title and and what a film. But before we get into that experience, I thought we would actually go back to the beginning. I would really enjoy hearing where you are from. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, it's um it's kind of interesting. I originally uh I was actually born in the UK, um in London. Uh, but I was, I was only in the UK till about one. And then, uh, uh, I was, I moved to the United States and, and I actually, of all places, I moved to Orlando, Florida. Um, and I lived there with my mom and dad. <clears throat> well, I lived there with my mom and dad until 12. And then my parents got divorced and my dad came to LA. Um, and then I stayed in Florida until I was about 15 and then I switched and, and moved to LA to, to live with my dad. Um, and so, yeah, I would, I would say most of my, uh, professional acting stuff definitely started when I came to LA more than more so than when I was in Florida. Well, thank you for sharing that. That those are two big moves <laughs> all the way from, yeah. all the way from, yeah. Oh, yeah. from uh, London to Orlando and then eventually to Hollywood itself. Well, my question, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, my question to you is how did the interest in acting or artistic projects in general 
first start for you? Obviously, you have so many people in your family that has done incredible amount of, of, of work and contributions to film and television. But how did it start for you, Orson? Yeah, no, you know, it's, it's uh, true. Definitely. I mean, from, you know, age four or five, um, I was already, you know, my dad was already talking to me about the business, you know, just like a, just like a normal thing. I would always kind of hear him talking about it, but it, it definitely would pique my interest. Um, and I guess, you know, when I was a kid, I, I kind of always had a natural joy for, for just performing in general. Um, like I, I did a few, um, plays in school and stuff like that, but, um, I never, like when I was a kid, I would tell my parents, you know, that I was interested in, in pursuing acting professionally, but they didn't want to let me do it at that time. Um, you know, they, they told me it's okay if you want to be an actor, but we just don't want you to do it right now. Because I guess, you know, they were, they were worried it might've, you know, done something to me mentally as, as a kid, you know, if, if I would have been doing some big movies and stuff. Um, so yeah, they kind of told me, you know, if you want to, you know, keep an interest in it, that's fine. You know, you can do some classes and things like that, but just, they wanted me to kind of wait until I was more mature to, uh, to pursue it. Um, so I kind of always kept that, that interest for it. And then when I moved to LA, uh, basically it, it just kind of got magnified even, even more. <laughs> and then, uh, it was, it wasn't until my early twenties though, until about 22 when I really kind of made the decision, like, okay, I want to try to do this, uh, professionally now. Um, and then, uh, I mean, I basically started just with doing a bunch of uh, student films and short films and things. This was kind of the the start of it, you know, because the the thing I kept hearing was that you have to have material. (laughs) You have to have, you have to have some kind of material to, to, you know, show, show people. Um, Because like my, my heritage would peak interest, but then they would always ask me, do you have something we can see? Or do you have something that you can show us? So that was kind of like for two years, um, I was just focused on, on, you know, getting that footage. <laughs> so I was just basically doing anything I could get my, doing anything I could get my hands on that, that they would allow me to, uh, to, you know, participate in. Sure. Well, yeah, it's a catchphrase, isn't it? Well, Hey, this, you know, you sound interesting to us. Uh, so what can you show us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. You know, they'd be like, Oh, what a, you know, what a cool background. And you know, this is awesome. And then they, you know, they'd be like, okay, so what have you done? <laughs> you know? And I, I was, um, you know, still, still pretty fresh out of high school at the time. So I, I didn't have uh, anything, you know, so I basically, and that was when I kind of, you know, I'm actually really happy it worked out that way though, because I feel like working on, you know, uh, student films and short films and asp- with aspiring filmmakers and things, I feel like you just learn a lot in general. Like there was a lot of stuff that I didn't realize, you know, how things really work on set. And I, I feel like it really helped me get my, my feet wet. And I'm just grateful that, um, you know, a lot of these, these smaller projects uh, were interested enough to let me be involved in them. So going back to the way that your introduction to acting was somewhat, you know, delayed or certainly not rushed like you described so well they wanted to wait a while for the the, the right timing for you to do so 
sounds like yeah. they wanted you to be a kid first to have that experience. And it sounds like yeah, it was exactly. beneficial for you, Orson. So looking back, I assume that you feel that was really the best thing for you in the long run. I definitely do. I actually have told both my parents that um, I, I think, you know, it, it, they did the right thing by doing that just because I think by letting me kind of, you know, be, be a kid and um, just have somewhat of a normal childhood. I, I feel like it, it did help me at least, you know, to, to keep a humble attitude. <laughs> cause that, I, I think that's, that's important. You know, it's, it's cause at the end of the day, I mean, it, it's just about the work for me, as long as I can, as long as I, can feel like I did a good job to me that that's all that matters. But yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm really happy that they, that they did that. I, I think it, I think it was better. I actually can't imagine what I would be like if I would have been uh, doing it professionally as a kid. I, I think I might've been a completely different person. <laughs> I hear you. So I'm glad to hear that it's it turning out very well for you. That's just, that's just wonderful. And moving from yeah. Orlando to Los Angeles, at, at that age, that must have been quite an adjustment for you. Oh, yeah, it was huge. Um, yeah, I mean, because when I, when I moved out to L.A., I was about 15. And, um, yeah, it was, a huge, it was a huge adjustment. I mean, because Florida, it's a, it's a pretty busy place. And, um, I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of stuff going on in Orlando. But I feel like in L.A., it's like times 10. You know, just, the, <laughs> yes. just with, with everything, the amount of people, the amount of buildings and all that stuff. But, uh I mean, it's funny because it's it's really grown on me. Um, I mean, I've I've been here ever since, so um, 33 now. So I uh, I guess it's about 18 years. But uh, it's really grown on me. I mean, it's, I definitely consider it home now. Um, I guess that's what happens to people, you know, when you move out here. The the weather and everything is so nice. I feel like it's it's kind of hard for it not to grow on you. <laughs> no doubt about it. When I first arrived there. I tell you what, it just felt like home to me. However, I have to add that I did have incredible bouts of homesickness. Like, like oh, it just happened it. all of a sudden. It was all less than a week from my move, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I am very far away from home." <laughs> uh, you were feeling the yeah, the, the distance. Yeah, it just kind of like hit me all of a sudden. That, you know, I am really, really far away from home. And I, <laughs> and I think that's what happened to me for a couple of days. I, a good friend of mine told me, though, that it was very normal for some folks when they first moved to L.A. to go through a period of homesickness where it just grabs you all of a sudden. So that really made me feel better. And then, you know what? I felt like my old self again, and I was ready to go back to work. Yeah, I I think it's kind of natural. I mean, I think I I definitely probably had some homesickness uh when I when I first moved out here for sure. Um and then, you know, at that age, like all of my friends, you know, were were still in Florida, so there's that whole that whole thing that you have to adjust to, but um but I've actually kept in contact with most of them. So, so at the end of the day, it didn't really affect affect anything, you know. I, I kept all my my friendships intact. <laughs> well, that's good. And I was thinking about that must have been one of the hardest parts of, of your move is, is leaving some of your friends behind at that age. Well, I, I was going to say, it's one of those ages where you, you want, uh, you know, you kind of expect stability, right? Like you think, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I started at this high school, so I'm going to finish it at this high school. But, um, you know, then sometimes a curveball gets thrown at you. 
but like I said, I, I think it was for the best because I, I feel like I just learned a lot more when I, when I came out here in general. You know, Orson, it's very interesting, the yeah. combination that Los Angeles offers. On the one hand, there is so much activity. You can feel the energy and excitement, especially with artistic projects. After all, oh, yeah. this is where Hollywood is located in the, the big movie studios. There's always something going on 24 hours a day. On the other hand, it is also a city where people do like to uh, take it easy and enjoy life, don't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you got all the, the surfers and stuff out here. <laughs> Surf culture. So I guess it's work hard and play hard as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's and it's it's great for both of those, you know, just because there are a lot of nice. I mean, there's a lot of nice, uh, you know, parks and things out here too. Like even Griffith Park is really nice to kind of go and just you know uh, get some fresh air. You know, Orson, I was very uh, intrigued to learn about involvement with music, and I thought I'd give you a chance to describe that uh, part of your artistic journey. It was very uh, uh, interesting to me what I discovered about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, music is, is another thing I, I love to do. Uh, it's definitely a, a passion. Um, these days, it's it's more of a hobby, I'd say. But, uh, yeah, when I uh, moved out to L.A. Uh, and when I was going to high school out here, um, I had a, I guess, a couple of years where I was, definitely had changed uh changed gears and was and was more focused on music um because i like to compose music on the computer i have like a, a keyboard that i plug into the computer and like a software that i that i use nice um yeah yeah it, it's actually really convenient because it's it doesn't take up a lot of space like it's a pretty small keyboard so it's, it's easy to take out and put away and everything um but yeah i, I basically at at that time, I was, um, well, basically trying to do music from a producing standpoint. So I was composing a lot of music, and then I had um, I had a friend in high school who was a, uh, a vocalist or a, a lyricist. Uh, he did, you know, like rapping and a little bit of singing and stuff like that. And um, I basically kind of joined forces with him. Uh, and we kind of created like a duo that was called radioactive at the time. And, uh, we did, uh, we produced like an independent album. It was about 12 tracks, uh, called radioactive first edition. And, um, at the time we were, uh, definitely trying to push, push the album. It just didn't quite catch on the way we intended, uh, for it to, but, um, it was still a lot of fun. And I mean, it's, it's kind of cool every now and then I'll go back and listen to it. You know, it's, uh, cause I think we did that in about 2011 or maybe, maybe 2010 might've been when we did it. But, that um, does sound like a lot of fun. What style of music was this? It was kind of like electronic hip hop. <laughs> yeah. It's how I would describe it. Uh, like I said, he, he was the main, uh, he was the main vocalist. So he was kind of like rapping on all the, on all the songs oh, and got um, some rap in there. I see. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's pretty good. He, he was pretty good. Um, I kind of appear here and there on it, but he, he's definitely more of the main vocalist and I was like the main composer. So all the, all the actual music that you hear on it, all the, the tracks and beats and everything, uh, I made on the, on the computer. Um, nice. 
it's uh, on iTunes if anyone wants to hear it. <laughs> it's on there. I was just about um, to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, I believe it's on iTunes and uh, Spotify and a couple of couple of those other ones because um, we had it uh, released back then, but it's it's still there. So um, if anyone wants to hear it, it's it's there. And how would they uh, look this up? Is there, do they go by your name, the name of the group? Oh, of course. Um, well, if they go on iTunes, if they type in uh, for the artist's name, Radioactive, and then the title of the album is just First Edition, and First okay. is spelled out, like the gotcha. word First. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's just Radioactive First Edition, and the cover of the album is like these guys in a hazmat suit. And they're like dancing with the with the boombox. <laughs> well, this sounds uh, very intriguing to me. I'll have to check that out. And this close friend of yours that you were collaborating with on the music projects is he otherwise known as Geek? Yep, yep, that's okay. him. Yeah, that's that's his that's his stage name. Wow, yeah, you did your research. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> now, is he still pursuing music projects that you know of? Yeah, he he's still uh he's still making um some some music as far as I know. We haven't collaborated in in years. Um but I still keep in touch with him through social media. Um who knows, maybe one of these days we'll we'll have like a reunion or something and and make a new track. That's right. <laughs> Just for fun. You can come back fun, here you know? and, and tell me all about it. I'd really enjoy that. Oh, I'd love to. Oh yeah. I mean, hope It'd be it'd be cool if it happened because it's it'd be definitely a, a reunion because I mean I haven't yeah I haven't made music with him for years but I feel like it's one of those things where we worked pretty well together that I think if we were to to come back now and do a track I think it would be like if if we had never stopped talking type of thing you know like I, yes. I think it would be pretty pretty quickly we could probably get back into it isn't that nice those people where you can just kind of pick up where you left off. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I love that. And suddenly you go, I can't believe I let so much time go by. <laughs> yeah, again, you know, time just flies. So yes. it's one of those well, things you don't you don't realize until until it's already a lot of time has gone by. It's like, whoa, where'd the time go? And if I may add, I find it interesting to think about the album title. And the reason I say that is because several years has gone by, you could use that as a part of your uh, approach or title to the music. You know, something like uh, Still Here. Um, I'm sure you would oh, add more yeah. to it. You know, you could, like, I like you could, that. <laughs> you could have something like um, uh, uh, Back Again. I mean, you could use that as part of your title phrase anyway. Maybe not the only part, but I think that could be kind of fun. Yeah, it could definitely, I, I see what you're saying there. It, it would definitely connect to to that first title. Yes. Like it's like extended. Yeah, I, I like kinda, that actually. Kinda, That's pretty well, cool. I'm glad to hear that. Kind of like a wink to the to uh, the uh, the years that went by, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. No, that's really cool. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Now, this recent project, Stan the Man, I gave a description at the uh, top of the episode. Very much looking forward to discussing it with you. I have seen the film. I enjoyed yeah, it very much. I'm glad you've seen it. <laughs> I had a good time. It was wasn't entirely sure what to expect, and I noticed this <laughs> uh, this upbeat uh, tempo with the uh, pacing and the and then the music. Uh, kind of, a, I like how the music is incorporated into so many scenes. It's like a part of the uh, journey and the story. And uh, oh yeah, I'll tell yeah, you what, your job. character. 
has a big moment in the film, and I thought I'd give you a chance to describe your character. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, my character is essentially uh, what I like to call the, the plot turning device. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm like a device in the film because, um, well, basically, I do something to, to the main character, uh, Stan, or Stan the man, and uh, what the actions that I do to him uh, I feel like is what kind of puts the plot in motion because then uh, something happens to him after where he suddenly has, uh, he has to change his life around basically. Um, but I feel like that wouldn't have happened if he didn't have his incident with me. <laughs> yes. um, and, and, and my character is, is definitely not a nice guy. Uh, not at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's, his name's Billy, uh, in, in the actual script, they just called him Billy the gunman, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's basically a, a drug addict who's, you know, strung out and he, he's trying to rob a, a liquor store to, uh, you know, get his, his next fix. And, um, that's when Stan, uh, walks into the liquor store. So it's kind of like, I'd say, you know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time, hundred percent, hundred percent, you know, he, he just walked into trouble in that, in that situation. And, um, and yeah, I think, uh, you know, he, he tried to, he kind of tries to negotiate the situation and, um, and I guess I'll just leave it at, at that, but yeah, he, he tries to negotiate with a guy who can't be negotiated with. <laughs> Excellent description. Uh, and you're right. Yeah. A, piv a pivotal plot turning moment of the film. Uh, and so that is very, uh, true. And isn't it something uh, the character of Stan the Man, portrayed by Stephen Chase, who also directed the film. Yeah, yeah know, he's, folks, he's you have to see the film to really grasp just uh, uh, the way that the character, you know, goes ab goes about his his life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's very great. carefree and, and, you know, he's drinking a lot. He's spending a lot. He likes to have two ladies by his side at all times, <laughs> you know, but he's also, he's also very whimsical and he's also, you know, he's actually, uh, very courteous to people. And, uh, yeah. but at that moment in the mini market where your character is at when he walks in, it's still interesting to me that the character was still like not taking this all into, you know, full seriousness when he said, you know, I've kind of had a bad day here yeah, yeah. and you're really adding to it. Like, you know, hello, there is a gun pointed at you. <laughs> this is kind of a serious situation. <laughs> I know it's, it's great. And it's, it's funny too, because, you know, I, I almost feel like, in the Stan character's mind, you know, he, I almost feel like he, he thinks that my character is actually going to consider this, you know, like that. I'm actually, Oh, like you've, you've had a bad day. <laughs> yes. So it's, yeah, it's, I think that's just, it's perfect, perfectly in line with his character. I think, you know, cause he's so used to kind of, uh, like you said, living this carefree, carefree life that I, I feel like even in that situation, he, he's still not realizing the reality of the situation. You know, it's almost like he, he just, you know, thinks it's another thing he can kind of talk his way out of. 
And you know, I don't live my life like that, but I have to be honest and and say that I sat there going, hmm, wonder what it would be like to be smoking cigars and gambling and having an endless amount of money and just kind of be a flashy guy. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. Now, what was it like working with Steven on this project? I, I assume it was a lot of fun. Oh, it was great. Yeah, he's in in real life. I mean, he's a he's a really nice guy. Um, and you know, it's, I feel like in general, he, he kind of has, well, not kind of, he has a natural charisma about him. Um, so I feel like he really brought that to the stand character, you know, like, I, I feel like he, he's very watchable, you know, like, I, I, I feel like it's interesting to kind of watch Steven do his thing, but working with him was great. I mean, he's a really nice guy. Um, he was really enthusiastic. Uh, when we were on set, I remember he was like really excited about, you know, filming the scene and us getting to work together. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun and it was, um, it was, you know, pretty, pretty crazy because we were, we were filming in a real liquor store. Um, and you know, every now and then people would kind of walk, walk by outside and, you know, peer in and see me you know, holding a gun oh, at no. yes so they actually had a moment where a production guy went outside and said you know they're just filming a movie <laughs> they're just filming a movie everything's okay so that, yeah because you know from a from an outsider's point of view if they don't see the camera i mean they could very well think oh there's like a, a hold up going on in here you know that's when you better have your film permit with you yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's actually. I think that's what the crew, the crew person did. They went out to show them, like, hey, you know, we're 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 allowed to be here. We're filming. <laughs> well, his character, uh, so energetic, charismatic. Oh, yeah. And, and interesting, and you can't help but kind of uh, root for the guy, even if at times you're like, you know, you know, maybe um, there should be more to his life than just this. But <laughs> you know, it, it is fun to watch. And then, like we mentioned earlier, there is a transitional moment, and then the film goes into a more uh, insightful direction. And I really exactly. like the combination of that. I mean, to be honest, having both together makes the film very very much appealing i did want to ask you though about working with an actor who is also the director and also isn't it interesting that uh, as he was portraying the character and i'd like to ask if you noticed this but there were moments and elements of joe pesci at times oh that's wow that's interesting you know i um i didn't really think of that um, but now that you mention it, I could kind of see that actually. Yeah, years oh, ago, I could probably picture Joe playing that kind of character. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, now, <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I could totally see that. Yeah. That's, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. He, yeah. He's kind of like a modern day, uh, a modern day Joe Pesci, yes. <laughs> a, a, a nicer version though. Cause I feel like Joe Pesci is usually, uh, pretty yes. brutal in a lot of his, in a lot of his yes, movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, may, maybe a, a more tame Joe Pesci. I could definitely see. Yeah, fun loving, uh, yeah, carefree guy likes the beautiful ladies, those cigars. <laughs> yeah, almost, almost like because he he's a nicer guy in uh, my cousin Vinny. So it's almost kind of like yes. that type of vibe. I feel like, and it takes you aback, doesn't it? That how many characters like 
cater to him. Like I, I kept being surprised like, Oh, here's your food. And I hope it's delicious. And it's so nice to see you every single time. And I'm like, wow, these people really dig him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know even the, 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 the casinos love him. You know, you, you would think that they'd be like, is this guy, you know, scamming us? But I think they, they just like him because of his whimsicalness. And when he gave advice to the older gentleman, uh, you know, I thought that was funny just because of, um, you know, it was almost the conversation you would have with a younger guy. But here he is telling a younger guy, like, hey, here's your problem, okay? Here's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, you know, the, I feel like the movie has a lot of really good uh, humorous moments. You know, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a good lighthearted movie. I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so I actually, I saw the movie for the first time uh, on Sunday. There was a cast and crew screening at Rally Studios. And uh, I went with my girlfriend. And uh, she really likes romantic comedies. So it was kind of like the perfect screening to take her to. Um, and uh, she she really enjoyed it. So it was, it was like a good, uh, it was like a screening slash date movie. So it, it was, uh, I, it, it was nice. You know, it was nice to see so- something different. And um and it was cool of them to let me, you know, let me bring her as my plus one. So I was happy about that, too. Absolutely. That sounds very nice. Glad you had a good time together. I'm sure she's very proud oh. of you, as are many people, no doubt. And oh, thank you. Thank you. you are most welcome. And as far as just working with an actor who's also directing, I mean, what was that experience like for you? Because he does have even more responsibility. Maybe while others are preparing for a scene or downtime, he's probably off working on setting up the next scene. Yeah, no, he, he was uh, really busy for, sh- for sure. Um, and I know at least for when we were doing our interaction, um, there was an assistant director or or his first assistant director, uh, a guy named Brandon was kind of helping to navigate between because Chase had to get in his, uh, you know, emotional moment. So this guy was kind of helping us as far as like um, blocking and just, uh, kind of figuring out the the flow of it, so to speak. So, yeah, and then it would be like as soon as <clears throat> as soon as we would cut, uh, he Stephen would go and you know, like you said, kind of check check on what's coming next or what they what they have to do next. So, <laughs> yeah, he, he he was he was really busy. I mean, I was just kind of trying to uh, give him his space. <laughs> so, like in in between takes, you know, I I kind of just would just wait and, you know, let him kind of do what he had to do. Cause, cause in my head, um, I, I personally don't know if I could do that. Uh, cause I, I, it takes, I like to just be in full concentration of, you know, whatever character I'm doing. So I, I can't even imagine, you know, also thinking about, Oh, we have to get this shot and we have to do, <laughs> we have to, you know, set this up. It's, it's just a lot going on for me personally. <laughs> I, I can relate to that. It's very impressive to to be able yeah. to do that. And and a part of me is very much um you know intrigued by that. Like wow, that would be so exciting. But I I also understand what you're saying. I, I would like to focus on my concentration with my character and I would feel like that would be another element 
taking that away from me. So, you know, I can see the, the, the advantages and disadvantages of both. Well, I just want to wish all of you the best on this project. I would like to ask if, I know you did not have a scene with her, but did you have any encounter with the lovely and so talented Catherine Kelly Lang, who many know as Brooke Logan Forrester on The Bold and the Beautiful, just a dynamic actress. Did you happen to have any encounters with uh, Catherine? You know, uh, she is a great actress, and I didn't have any encounters with her on set um, at all. But I did see her at the screening um, on Sunday, and I, I went at the end of the movie, and I actually told her that I thought she did a great job because her her character in the movie is hilarious. Because um, she, yeah, she she has a lot of really good moments with with Stephen. Um, I think she <laughs> she was perfect for for that role. Um, <laughs> even the tone, like the way she talks to him, the tone that she uses in the movie, it's it just, yes. I thought it was perfect. Um, but yeah, it was funny. Cause I, um, you know, I went, I went up to her with my girlfriend after, and, and we were telling her that, you know, I thought she did a great job, but the funny thing is, um, at the premiere, I actually looked a lot. I look a lot different right now because I was, uh, I was filming something a couple of weeks ago where they required me to shave my face. <laughs> oh, completely okay. yeah and normally i have like a, a full beard so at the at the actual premiere um you know i kind of showed up looking different and I, i'm not 100 percent, but i don't think she realized that i was in the movie <laughs> at first when i was <laughs> talking to her and i think my girlfriend caught that because then she told her she was like oh he he was Billy the gunman and then she kind of oh no way you know and then <laughs> kind of yeah because I, I I do look a lot different without without the beard so yes, I can totally understand do. yeah I can, I can totally very friendly and courteous towards her which that character I was was, was uh, you know a, a different uh, element all the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah so it was, it was a number of things that probably uh uh but I mean she was she was really nice and, um, you know, I was, I, I always like, if I go to a screening or something, if, if I see a, a character or an actor or someone that, that I think did a really good job, it's, I, I like making it a point to let them know just because, I mean, as an actor personally, I, I think it's a great feeling, you know, when someone tells you, oh, you did a good job or I, I enjoyed your, your character. So, um, it sure is. yeah, so I like to kind of do the same thing. Well, that's very nice. Catherine Kelly Lang, what a performance on The Bold and the Beautiful for all of these years. Uh, yeah, she was great. She is great. <laughs> well, I want to thank you uh, once again for just all of these uh, stories of working on the film, Stan the Man. Do you know how folks can view this film? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, from what I've been hearing, it's, it's out on VOD now. Um, I know it's on Amazon Prime uh, I think it's also on uh, Vimeo, I think, has um, a thing you can order it from. But uh, I'm sure if they Google uh, Stan the Man, that, that all the streaming that it's on <laughs> should pop up. And, and then I think there's going to be a DVD release in March, if I'm not mistaken. Fantastic. So, um, Stan the Man. I'm actually looking forward to seeing it again. I just got such a kick out of this oh, that's character. Great. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm, glad to, I'm glad to hear that. You know, it's so far... Um, people who have seen it have been all kind of telling me the same thing that they enjoyed the movie. And, uh, and they all think it, you know, that, that Stan's characters is really fun to watch. So, um, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm happy. It seems like it's getting pretty well received so far. 
Well, I would like to take this opportunity before we conclude, and I would just like to ask you, was there a time in your life that you remember when you really learned about the legacy of your grandfather, Charlie? Was there a time maybe when you went to discover a lot of his films? And just what is your personal thoughts on all that he accomplished? Wow. Well, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely a time, um, as far as watching his movies, I started that pretty early on, um, because I, I, I think around six or seven, uh, my mom was already kind of showing me some of his movies and then, and then I, I enjoyed them. So then I kind of started at the time it was on VHS, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I, I was watching all of his classics on, on VHS and my my personal favorites uh, for me would be the Great Dictator, uh, Modern Times, and the Kid. So those are like my all time three three favorites of, of his films. Um, but but I yeah they're they're just they're great. Um, but the, but I would say when I really started really learning a lot about him would uh, it's it's crazy because it's a little bit later. But I, I would actually say it was in in my early twenties. Uh, I want to say maybe when I was about 21 or 22, I bought his, uh, his autobiography. Um, and man, that I felt like really, uh, opened my eyes a a lot about him because in his autobiography, he gets, he gets very detailed just about his childhood and his, his upbringing. And, and even when he first started realizing that he was becoming a, you know, a world celebrity and it just, it blew my mind. You know, I was like, man, this, this guy just really was an innovator. Uh, he was a genius and he, he was just a natural, natural talent. And he came from like abject poverty. Um, so it's, it's very impressive. I mean, I think he's the perfect example of a, of a rags to riches story. He sure is. And his uh, brilliance yeah. with his performances and characters, it's just, it's absolutely phenomenal it's just so so impressive definitely one of the founders of of hollywood or the spirit of hollywood and i really want to thank you for sharing your thoughts on his legacy i too have the book and i'm actually going to start it this year and I, i i cannot wait to make a lot of coffee and read this book i too i think you'll i think you'll enjoy it well, I am looking oh. forward to it. And I used to rent his movies at Blockbuster and I'd get like four or five and, and go home and I really, really enjoyed them. Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah, I, I miss the Blockbuster days. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it, was a different, it was a different kind of experience, you know, going into the store and just picking stuff, you know, without, you know, all the, you know, trailers and streaming and all the, yes. all the easy access. I feel like it was just, it was a different, it was a different kind of special you know, but, uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm great. I'm grateful for the streaming because it makes indie films more accessible. So very well said. And I do miss those days because I grew up in the eighties, you know, I was born in the seventies, but I grew up in the eighties and, and blockbuster and those type of stores, you know, it's going to have a special place in my heart. So many wonderful memories there. Oh, that's great. Well, my, that sounds like it'd be awesome. I just want to say thank you for this wonderful conversation today and for visiting me here on the show. I really enjoyed it. Oh, hey, thank you for having me, Stephen. It was was my pleasure. 
Send host Stephen Brittingham your comments and questions to Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. That is Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon.